listeners. I'm Joni B. Cole, host of Author Can I Ask You? For people like me who love books and the stories behind the books, this show gives me the chance to ask authors about what they write and why they write. Plus, I like to throw in a few odd questions just to get to know each author a little bit better as a person. Let's get started and meet today's guest. Today, I welcome Mary Helen Sheriff, whose debut novel, Boop and Eve's Road Trip, came out last year to a cavalcade of enthusiasm. The book won the 2020 American Fiction Award in Coming of Age. BuzzFeed listed it as one of the season's most anticipated books, and Kirkus Reviews called it a touching intergenerational romp through the coastal South. Hey, Mary, congrats on the success of your first novel. Thank you so much. It's been quite a ride. <laughs> That's a very apt saying. Yes. <laughs> I loved reading it. I really did. And I want to start by asking you about your two main characters, Boop and Eve. Sure. Boop is Eve's grandma, and each of them embark on this adventure for their own reasons. Eve is trying to track down a missing friend, while Boop wants to go see her sister, sort of. But mostly, I think Boop wants to keep an eye on Eve, who seems to be pretty depressed. So, Mary, when you started this book, did one of those characters come to you first and bring the other one along? Or how did you develop this terrific twosome? Well, when I initially started the book, I thought it was going to be a young adult novel and Eve was going to be the main character. And Boop was always going to be part of the story, but I sort of pictured her as more of a secondary mentor. And then as I started writing, a couple of things happened. But one of those was that even though Eve is depressed, I didn't want the book to be depressing. And she's in a pretty dark place for the first section of the book. And I thought, well, maybe I could break some of that up with having Boop's point of view. And so you get the spunky grandma who's pretty funny breaking up the darker chapters with Eve. And when I started doing that a little bit, I really liked it. I really liked Boop's voice and I liked the story being told from her point of view. And so she sort of ended up taking on more and more of a role, at which point I realized this can't be young adult if half the book is told from an 80-year-old's perspective. And so I made Eve a little bit older and it became women's fiction. You wrote on your website, the character of Boop is, quote, loosely inspired by my late grandmother whose hugs and ready laughter I longed for throughout my struggle with depression. Also, in the dedication of the book, you wrote, In Loving Memory of Hootie. I'm assuming, is Hootie your grandma? She is, yeah. It's just a lovely dedication. But can you just tell me a little bit about Hootie? What's one of your favorite stories about your grandma? Well, she is quite a character. But I think it's more like, I just don't know if it's so much of a story as it is the kind of person she was. An example of it would be, um, we would go and spend the night at her house. She lived in a condominium on the Chesapeake Bay. So this is when I was quite a bit younger. I'd go with my brother, or maybe if I was a little bit older, I'd go with a friend. And she would plan things for us. Like one time she went out on the beach and buried things all over the beach and then drew a treasure map. And when we got there, she told us that she found this treasure map (laughs) and that pirates must have been on the beach. And then we got to find the treasure. And it was clearly in the end, not from a pirate. She brought such magic to my childhood. How old were you when you lost your grandma? I only lost her a couple of years before I started writing this. So I was 31. 
I was pregnant with my first child oh, God. and we lost her then. So I started writing this probably four years after that. And I think to some extent I was still grieving it, not like heaving sobs, grieving it, but she would come up periodically in my memory and feels kind of sad. So this was sort of a way for me to go on a road trip with my grandma who wasn't around anymore. What are one of or two of Boop's traits that are particularly inspired by Hootie? Well, Boop collects birdhouses, which was something my grandmother did. Um, Another thing that they both do is they have Southern Living magazines that they rip recipes out of, but they never actually make any of the recipes. So they just (laughs) have this stack of recipes that they think they're going to make one day, but don't. (laughs) That's so funny. After I read your book, one of the treasures about it was I found myself unconsciously mimicking Boop's vernacular. Like all of a sudden I'm saying things like, by golly, and I'll be a (laughs) monkey's uncle. But my favorite new expression, which absolutely makes no sense to me, was happier than a camel on a Wednesday. (laughs) Can you explain that one to me? Well, you know, Wednesday is hump day and camels have humps. And I think I'm done. That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to say I borrowed it. I use it now. Oh, good, good. (laughs) Did you draw on yourself to create the character Eve? I did because after I had babies, I struggled with some postpartum depression. And so I was not really writing much during that time. It's hard to be creative when you're not up to snuff. And um, as I was coming out of that, I turned back to writing. And I think as I was processing and maybe still even healing, writing about Eve helped me to do that. Eve's struggle with depression in the book is very palpable and very authentic. And I wondered, how did you drive down that center line between a highly entertaining road trip adventure but you still did justice to the realities of depression. So were there particular things you kept in mind or how did you deal with that? The fact that I had feelings like Eve's helped me with the authenticity piece. And then I think that because Boop herself was such a light spirit, that helped and to defray that. And I mean, road trips are in and of themselves sort of zany and add some lightness to things. So I think between Boop and the road trip, I was able to counterbalance Eve's darkness. While Boop is a highly entertaining character, and I think you just used the word zany, but she's also a deeply developed character with a lot of complexity. And I so admired her. I found her very inspiring, not to mention entertaining, of course. So well done. Oh, thank you. It was important to me. It seems like a lot of times when people write senior characters, They make them the wise mentor, but they're kind of perfect in their wiseness. And that doesn't really feel very real. Well, that was certainly not Boop. (laughs) No, it was not Boop. It was far from perfect. But I think that's partly why she brings such wisdom. You know, someone who's lived life and made mistakes and learned from them and grown from them and rebuilt a life. And I think that's part of why she's able to help Eve. So Mary, the route that Boop and Eve follow, it takes them to some really interesting stops along the way in the South, St. Augustine and Savannah. And there's also some specific events like a garlic festival. And then they also make quick stops at a trailer park and a ghost town. When you were working on the novel, did you have a favorite stop along the route that was particularly fun for you to write? In St. Augustine, they stopped at the Fountain of Youth and we've got, you know, this older character. And I thought, hey, this could be a really poignant moment. 
And so I did research online about the place and I wrote the scene, but then we ended up going to Florida while I was still working on the book. And I said, hey, let's stop at this museum and check it out so I can make sure that the way I've written about it is how it really is. You know, I did the best I could from online research. Right. And it was such a neat little weird spot because um, there's no fountain and the spring has actually dried up. And so it's underground water that they're pumping up. And there's even research saying that Ponce de Leon never actually looked for the fountain of youth. So the whole place is just based on like nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in the book, you called it the Fountain of Youth Archaeological Park. Is that the actual name? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it was a place I discovered because of the book. And I really found myself quite enjoying the quirky little spot. (laughs) I thought it was hilarious that when Boop has some water from the Fountain of Youth, it's sulfur laced. (laughs) Yeah, it tastes terrible. It does. And they sell it bottled in the gift shop, which is super funny. Like, why would you buy this? It tastes terrible and it doesn't work. (laughs) I so wanted it to work for Boop because I want her to be an internal character. So, and if it did work for her, I would take a road trip there myself. So there you go. There you go. Let's talk about the genre that your book has fallen into, which is described as Southern women's fiction. So I know you grew up in the South and you live in Richmond, Virginia, but in terms of fiction, what features or tropes does a book need to have to be part of that genre? I think you might get different answers from different people actually to the panel discussion on this just the other night. But, you know, it needs to be set there. And it needs to, in some ways, reflect the culture of the place and potentially the history of the place. But, you know, I think the thing that defines the South probably more than anything else are the people there. And so to me, Boop's Southernisms and her way of life and thinking about things is very Southern. And the book is also set in the South, but I think she's probably the thing that makes it the most Southern fiction. Well, I live in Vermont, so Southern women are a bit of a mystery. <laughs> so of course, we have you know plenty of transplants and are lucky for it. But what is a myth about Southern women that you want to dispel right here and right now? I think at least the way I see them portrayed in movies They seem kind of fluffy, like very consumed by what's going on on the surface level, you know, how I look and how my house looks and that kind of thing. And then not a whole lot going on underneath. And while I think that certainly they can get caught up in appearances, as does everyone, um, you know, there's plenty going on underneath. So more just an effort to rise above it than to hide it. I always think of the stereotype of the steel magnolia. (laughs) That's not such a bad thing, I suppose. Before I actually knew about your book, Mary, I somehow came across a video of you opening a box of advanced copies of Boop and Eve's road trip Mm -hmm. when the box arrived on your porch. And first of all, I want to thank you for letting me share that moment because it's just a treasure to see somebody see the copies of their books for the first time. Why did you decide to shoot and share that moment? I don't know. It was early in the whole COVID lockdown thing. And it was a lonely time and a boring time (laughs) and a time full of anxiety and worry. And, you know, this book, I have 
worked on for seven years and to have it come out during this time was maybe a mixed blessing because it was like, well, at least there's something positive happening right now. I mean, would I prefer it to come out in normal world? Yes. But on the other hand, you know, pluses and minuses. So I thought, well, here's a moment of joy that I'm about to experience. And, you know, maybe other people could use that too. I've seen more of those now, people opening up these boxes when their advanced copies of their books arrive on their porches. So it's a lovely trend. Maybe you started it. Maybe I started it. I'm a trendsetter now. I like that idea. (laughs) Mary, I want to talk about your job before you were a full-time novelist. You were a teacher for 14 years, and I know you had a variety of positions. You taught fifth grade, and you taught in middle school, and you taught college English. And most recently, you worked with kids with dyslexia, helping them one-on-one with their reading and writing and spelling. Can you talk a little bit about your decision to leave that job for writing full-time? In fact, that was the job I had when I signed my publishing contract. And it was really a tough call for me because I really did like my job and I liked the place I worked. Um, But writing and publishing a book had been a dream for a long, long time. And I knew if I tried to teach and be a mom and be a wife and all those other roles we're supposed to have in the world and try to promote my book and keep writing a new one, there was no way I could do all of that and do it well. And so I thought, this is my chance and I want to make sure that I can take full advantage of it. And so I did end up you know, finishing the school year and then resigning so I could figure out how to market my book in the year between then and when the book was coming out. You're kind of a poster child for, yes, you can have it all, just not all at the same time. Yes, that is like one of my favorite sayings. <laughs> <laughs> I have one last question for you, Mary. If you were to write a six word memoir, what would it be? All right. Well, mine's five words. So I don't know if that makes me an even better student or a worse student. <laughs> it puts you in very good company, Mary. Let me tell you, most writers, they're, you know, seven words, five words. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's funny, though, that that's been the case. Um, I wasn't going to add a word just to add a word. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I wrote former teacher chasing writing dream. I don't know. You might have to change the tense of that verb. There you go. I don't know. I feel like I'm still chasing. Got a lot of writing left to do. Well, it's always a journey, isn't it? It's always a road trip. (laughs) Well, I got to tell you, Mary, talking to you, it's made me happier than a camel on a Wednesday. So (laughs) now that I know what that means, I can say that with authority. There you go. There you go. But really, seriously, thank you so much for this time. It's been fun getting to know you. And I loved your book. Well, it was my pleasure, and I really appreciate you reading the book and sharing it with your listeners. You bet. Listeners, if you would like to learn more about Mary and her novel, Boop and Eve's Road Trip, or learn more about how you can follow in their footsteps with a road trip of your own, be sure to visit her website, maryhelensheriff.com. So that's it for this episode of Author, Can I Ask You? Thanks, everybody, for listening. And if you like what you heard, please spread the word and visit me on my website, JoniBCole.com. In the meantime, take care, act civil, and don't be afraid to ask the odd questions.